Welcome to Tuber Talk, Canada's potato podcast. Tuber Talk is produced by Potatoes in Canada magazine. You've tuned in to hear about the people and the ideas making a difference in the Canadian potato industry. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our sponsors. Special thanks to our podcast sponsors, NutraAg, who are leaders in foliar and specialty crop nutrition solutions, and their technology platform, NutraAnalytics. NutraAnalytics combines standard tissue testing with proprietary algorithms and artificial intelligence to predict yield class within 85% accuracy. More than 100 Canadian potato growers trust NutraAnalytics to optimize their nutritional programs. To learn more, check out NutraAg.com and MyNutraAnalytics.com. Hi everyone! For the third episode of Tuber Talk, it's all about pesticide reevaluations. I'm your host, Stephanie Gordon, and I'm the editor of Potatoes in Canada magazine. Back in January, I was at the Manitoba Potato Production Days and heard Tracy Shinners Carnelli speak about coping with pesticide reevaluations. The last one I want to mention is is maybe uh, new to many of you. But cactan is also a group M fungicide. It's been registered for many years, but it's not a product that, that I can ever remember or know of being used in the potato industry, but it has had potato on its label. Um, it's recently completed reevaluation successfully, and it remains a registered group M option. I caught up with Tracy after her presentation to ask for her thoughts on the topic. Now, our conversation didn't go into the nitty gritty details about what's changed, but if you're interested, Potatoes in Canada magazine wrote about everything we know so far about the status of Group M fungicides and neonics. I will include that article in our show notes, which you can find by clicking this episode under potatoesincanada.com podcasts. Without further ado, let's get into it. I'm Tracy Shinners Carnelli, and I'm with Peak of the Market uh, in Manitoba, and my role there is Vice President of Research and Quality. And what do you do in your role? Well, my role is very much grower focused. So my role is to support growers on the production side, um, some agronomy, but a lot of pest management. My background is as a plant pathologist. And how long have you been within the potato industry? I've been working in, in one capacity or another within Manitoba for 20 years in the potato industry. Mm-hmm. And your presentation today was about cope, coping with pesticide reevaluation. Why is that a topic now? Well, um, reevaluation has been something that's um, been uh, ongoing for many, many years within PMRA, but I think it's become more of a timely topic for potato growers in the last number of years because so many key active ingredients in the potato industry were either going undergoing reevaluation or special reviews. So a lot of us in that industry have been consumed for the last number of years in responding to PMRA consultations, but now we're at the point where we're actually seeing final decisions being published and those label amendments being implemented. So it's more topical for growers. And right now, Group M fungicides are kind of going through a lot of reviews. How important is Group M to potato growers? Uh, The Group M fungicides are of tremendous importance. Um, 
between the chlorothalonil and mancozeb, these two active ingredients really form the backbone of disease management programs for potato growers across the country. They have a really good fit because they have a broad spectrum of disease control, and in particular, they're the two main fungicides that provide good protection against early blight and late blight, and they would be the main disease uh, risks that we, we see to our industry across the country. They also have a good fit in terms of their low risk of developing resistance. So not only are they effective against the diseases, they also make excellent tank mix partners for many of the newer fungicides that have a medium to high risk of developing resistance. And so we haven't lost these tools in the toolbox yet, but what, would, what is the current status of each of these fungicides? So yes, we haven't lost these tools yet, but we're at a, a point where we're seeing a reduction in the number of uh, allowable applications, particularly with chlorothalonil, and we're still awaiting what the future will look like for Mancozeb. So in particular with chlorothalonil, the final decision on the reevaluation was published in May of 2018. All of those changes have to be um, put in place by spring by May of 2020. So for this year, um, growers will be limited to a maximum of three applications of chlorothalonil. That compares to you know multiple applications that they would have used um, in, in the previous uh, versions of the labels. So, so that has a big impact. As of right now, the use of Mancozeb is status quo. Um, but we expect that when the final decision is published, there, we hope that there'll be um, some continued use uh, for foliar applications of Mancozeb. And certainly from an industry perspective, we've, we've made the, the message loud and clear to PMRA that it is an important product, and we hope that we can maintain multiple applications of that going forward to allow growers to have um, the tools to be able to put together a good, solid, and effective um, disease management plan for potatoes. And I know Captan isn't really used by potato growers, but you mentioned in your presentation how it could be something growers need to be aware of for future consideration. What did you mean by that? Yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. Captan uh, is not a fungicide that I'm aware of that people in the potato industry have been using, but it is a group M, so it has those same qualities in terms of um, uh, low risk of resistance. We can assume that it's effective on potatoes for early blight and late blight, but because we haven't used it, we don't know that for certain. Uh, but it has successfully completed reevaluation, and when I say successful, it means the use has been maintained. And the new label for that product does include three applications of uh, captan for potato production. So my, my suggestion to growers in terms of keep this in the back of your mind for future consideration, it is a group M option. And if we do see a dramatic reduction in the number of Mancozeb applications, once we get a final decision on that, perhaps it's a matter of looking at CAPTAN as a, a, an option to include uh, in potato uh, management programs going forward because it will give that, that broad base uh, of protection and make a good tank mix partner for so many of the, the newer fungicides. And so you talked about changes to a label. Where is the most reliable source when you're looking for the most updated labels? 
the most uh, reliable source and official um, place to find the current label is on the PMRA website. So what I am recommending to all growers, especially when we're at this time where we're potentially seeing many changes to labels, it's really important that they go into their chemical storage shed, take a look at their inventory, write down those pest control product numbers, take that number, go onto the PMRA website, use that number to access the current label that is in the PMRA pesticide registry and that will be the up-to-date one that has all the current use instructions. I think the important part uh, to be aware of is that PMRA is the official source in terms of current product labels. You know, there's an app, there's a website, it's all about making it easy for the grower and someone in your presentation mentioned about how, uh, you know, even though there's all these label changes and things are constantly moving, it's still the grower's responsibility. Uh, but you had a more nuanced approach to that. So what is your response to people who say it's on the grower to make sure that they're doing this right? You know, I, I think for many of us in the industry, it's very easy to say, oh, it's the grower's responsibility to do that. But, you know, it's the grower's responsibility to do a lot of things. Um, and I don't uh, see that this is going to be an easy um, implementation period going forward because of the amount of new information that's coming and, and my perspective on this is that everyone that's involved in the industry has a role to play in making sure that we're getting the message out, we're effectively communicating the information, the specifics around the changes, directing growers to the right sources of information and we all have a role to play in supporting them to effectively implement the changes uh, yes, it's ultimately at the hands of the person who's using the pesticide, but in this industry, in this day and age, we recognize we're bombarded with lots of information, rules, regulations, and, and we all have a part to play. And ultimately, it's for the best interest of our industry that we do what we can to make people succeed and you, uh, support the safe and effective use of the pesticides we have available to us in Canada. In this quick break, I'd like to share something Potatoes in Canada is very excited to be a part of. The Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture program was created to recognize women driving change across Canada's agricultural sector. This magazine is a part of a team looking to honour six Canadian women demonstrating leadership in any facet of agriculture, whether it's on the farm, in the research lab, in the classroom, or in the office. If you know a woman in agriculture who leads and inspires, please nominate them to be recognized before March 27, 2020 by going to agwomen.ca. What has been some of the grower feedback that you've been hearing to your talk or to this issue or what are some of the questions that people normally ask you? Well, I think growers are really concerned about losing these tools, right? So um, the presentation like I gave at Manitoba Potato Production Days is important because it's a way of getting out the current status of this information. Um, it's current as of today, you know, maybe that's going to change in the month or, or, or a few months ahead. Uh, but it's a way of making sure that we've got strong networks, we've got strong ways of, of um, channels of communication to be able to get this information out. Mm -hmm. And you talked about coping with 
the different reevaluations. And part of it is, you know, realizing that you will lose some active ingredients. And the other part of it was implementing all of the um, the changes, like the strips and the the new um, requirements. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, for a grower, all these reevaluations are happening. What does it really mean for me if I'm a grower? Well, it means uh, that there's a lot of detail that we have to pay attention to. And, you know, I may be oversimplifying it, but my thought is, you know, when the final decision comes down, like chlorothalonil, and we've been able to maintain some use of that product, we think that's a win, right? So we think that's great. We've been able to maintain the use. Yes, not happy that it's reduced to three applications, but it's a win. It's still in the toolbox. And my concern is, is that we take that as a positive and maybe are not as aware of some of those other label changes that can easily get buried in the 25 to 30 pages that constitute a pesticide label. So the challenges going forward with implementing this is making sure that we're aware of what is the current label, where do I access that current information, and making sure we sift through those 25 to 30 pages of label and identify what those new changes are. And again, this is where the role of lots of folks in the industry to help highlight what those changes are and make sure that the word is out there and people know um, that some of these changes are, are new and when they, they come into effect. And for those of us in the industry, you know, we hear a lot about you know, these reevaluations, our responsibility, what's changing, uh, what to keep in mind. Uh, but from a consumer standpoint or a public standpoint, if you read an article kind of like Neonics and you hear about these reevaluations and pesticides, your understanding of the issue might not be as, as nuanced. So, you know, for someone who is kind of like a general member of the public who is hearing that potato growers are losing a lot of tools in their toolbox, they might see it as, oh, we're just kind of, you know, cleaning up the production of potatoes or, or limiting um, what we put on them. So how would you kind of explain the significance of this issue for someone who is just, you know, a general member of the public who might not be in the potato industry right now? Well, that's, that's kind of a hard question to, um, to answer because it's such a complex issue. Um, but one of the things that I always like to say is that, um, yes, our pesticide uh, regulatory agency in this country uh, is one that certainly first and foremost says that their mandate is for um, the health of Canadians and the environment. And they want to make science-based decisions as they review, whether it be a new active ingredient or through the reevaluation program, ensuring that every 15 years they're reassessing these products to make sure they stand up to the current uh, rigor of their risk assessment using modern technology and scientific information. And I think that um, every Canadian, I certainly don't know the ins and outs of the potato industry, but I think every Canadian uh, needs to be aware that there is this agency that looks at all these aspects. and. And certainly, um, they're independent. They're within Health Canada, and um, you know, it's from the industry perspective, it's really up to us to make sure that we're making PMRA aware of what modern potato production looks like, so that we can work together with them um, when they identify risks, but to work with them to also better understand how we can mitigate those risks. So, um, it, it's a pr it's a work in progress. 
And how would you say Canada stacks up to other countries around the world uh, with the PMRA and their uh, review process? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the part about our program, our, our regulatory agency in Canada, is that it is based on science to feed into their risk assessments. Um, certainly, we have multiple safety factors that are added into that regulatory process that uh, at some times the addition of those um, extra levels of safety um, mean that we do have different access to products compared to other countries that don't have that same um, safety factor added into their risk assessments. But having said that, our program here in Canada is still based on scientific information rather than some regulatory agents in other parts of the world that are um, really driven by um, the fear or perceived uh, issues around products and active ingredients being lost um, because of that. So we, we really stand behind the fact that we need good science to help feed into our regulatory uh, uh, system here in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I kind of saw that with Mancozeb where it's not under or it passed its review in the States and it also passed in Europe and then Canada when they were talking about removing it altogether it kind of seemed like a very um, fast move which is why I kind of went through another reevaluation process when more people in the industry were like look this is how we use it today and aerial application other factors kind of came in but with that there's kind of a responsibility on producers to kind of be like hey this is how we use it today and this is the most current information so I don't know what are your thoughts on kind of that aspect yeah and I mean that raises a very important point right um, in these products um, going through revaluation the current use pattern of these may be very very different than what the use pattern was when they were um, first registered so it's really up to the industry to put that information together and give it back to PMRA to say you know, there might be 20 crops on the label, but only five or eight of these crops currently use this. So if we can give them actual data and they can use real data as part of their risk assessments, it's much better than them needing to model data um, because you, you end up with a much better result when you use real numbers rather than uh, estimates or modeling amounts. And that's really the exercise that, that we're going through. Um, whether it be that or it's current technology in terms of um, aerial application or it's um, making PMRA aware of common activities that people do in fields. How frequently does a field scout walk the field to do scouting? Um, what types of personal protective equipment are they actually using when they're in a field? All of these details can have a significant impact on the outcome of the risk assessment, but PMRA can only work with the data they have in the agency at that time. So it's up to us as an industry um, to, to work together and figure out efficient ways to collect that data and engage with them to make sure that they have good data uh, that they can use for their risk assessment. And if there's one, you know, thing that you can say to potato growers in the province and I guess across Canada, what would your parting words be about this topic, coping with pesticide reevaluation? I'm, I'm not sure it's a reassuring comment. I think it's kind of, you know, stay tuned and maybe uh, fasten your seatbelts because um, I, I'm just concerned that in the coming months we're going to have a lot of uh, final decisions on many of these active ingredients that's, that have been pending uh, for a long time. So we, we may very well be in a situation where we've got 
multiple pesticides with multiple changes to those labels and um, again it's coming back to my point of making sure that we're ready for this and that we've got you know many layers within the industry working together to get the message out and, and help support the implementation of all those changes. Thank you. You're welcome. Before I finish up here, I know the topic of PMRA reevaluations has been making its way around Canadian potato events. A couple weeks ago, when I was at the Ontario Potato Conference in Guelph, Darren Gibson, president of Gaia Consulting, also presented on the same topic. Well, I guess, like I said in the presentation, it's just the programs are more complicated because you can't just set it and forget it, put in Mancozeb every week, and you may add some other stuff depending on the season and, and the different diseases that you experience. But besides more complicated, it's for sure going to be more expensive. So the, the easy answer is more complicated and more expensive in the short term and in the long term. It might be hard to hear what he said, but basically Darren says that our fungicide programs are going to look a lot more complicated and a lot more expensive. Basically, what used to take one product now might take two. The good news is that the industry has been doing a great job of keeping everyone updated on what the PMRA is saying, and vice versa. Growers and industry have been doing a great job sharing with the PMRA how growers are actually using these fungicides in modern times. We'll see the fruits of our labor in June and in the fall of 2020 when more decisions are released. To wrap this up, thank you for listening. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating or review, and it helps more people find the show. If there's a topic you'd like to see covered, you can reach out to us by email, by going to potatoesincanada.com contact, or find us on Twitter at Potatoes Canada. We'd also like to thank our podcast sponsors, NutraAg and NutraAnalytics for their support of the show. To learn more, check out Nutriag.com and MyNutriAnalytics.com. Thank you for listening to Tuber Talk, Canada's potato podcast. Catch up on all of our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or online at PotatoesInCanada.com slash podcasts.